What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca. We've ditched the couch. We've grabbed the mics. We are breaking down all the wreckage. It's another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Hi, Dr. Boca. How are you? Hey, Rach. I'm doing great. I love Wednesday. I'm excited. It's hump day. I can't wait for this week to be over. Is that a bad thing to say? And it's only Wednesday, but how are you doing? I'm good. You know, I'm having like this thing and I'm sure you've experienced this, right? So you're on the phone with someone, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a bad connection or they're getting into the car and then it transfers over to Bluetooth, but you've lost them for a minute. And then they're like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And now everyone's cutting each other off, right? No one can hear the other person. But right at the point when you both agree, okay, hang up, I'm going to call you back. What happens? That's when you can hear them perfectly. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Totally. And then the best part is, I guess, when you try to call the other one back, you think, oh, well, I initiated the call to begin with, so I'm going to call them back. But meanwhile, they're calling you back. And so it takes three or four times. And then you're like, okay, I'm not going to call. They're going to call me now. Then they don't call, right? And you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I can't. This is like a Wi-Fi situation. Like, it's just so infuriating. It's so infuriating. And then the other thing that happens along the lines, like, it's kind of like a kissing cousin to like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Nope, hold on. All right, I'll call you back. Wait, now I can hear you perfectly. Is when someone else calls in, like, I don't think it like clicks in anymore the way it used to years ago, where like, you can tell if the other person is on the phone because it Mm -hmm. has like that extra beep thing at the end, like it kind of like drops off. I think they kind of got rid of that with technology. But then you have the point of the conversation where you say, oh, wait, hang on one second. Hang on one second. Just hold on one second. Don't go anywhere. Like, why do you have to tell me to hold on one second three times and not to just go, (laughs) right? And then come back. And if I'm here, great. And if I'm not, just call me back, right? I'm laughing so hard because I do that and people are still talking. I'm like, hold on, hold on. It's my daughter calling. Wait, hold on one second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then then, then the whole, wait, you have to still remember the hold on one second, don't go anywhere part, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of like the uniform statement that everyone does. And not for anything. When people say to me, like, it is a little annoying. Like, I got it. You told me. All right, just go. (laughs) Totally understand all of that. And I got to tell you, Rach, when you bring these things up, like it totally normalizes it for me because sometimes I'm like, I must be the only person who experiences this. But this is like a Seinfeld episode, right? But I wanted to tell you that I actually did Wordle, okay? I, I know, right? I know you're falling. I've done it three times now. And I am a proud member of the Wordle Society that I, in all three times, got it on my second try. Like I did like a word and then they told me I had two or three right, but in the wrong order. And I got the word. And I have to tell you, I think I stopped playing the game though, because on the third one I did, the word was, I can't even say the word. Like I can't even, it was, ugh. It was oh, mo- I know what it was. Yeah, it was moist. moist. And yeah, I was like, I play. and I'm sitting there going, seriously? Like, seriously. And I got it, which was even like worse. Like, I almost wish I hadn't gotten it because I hate that word so much. And I was like, oh my God, like 
who would have gotten this on the second try, but I did. And then I was like, I can't believe they used that word. So I can't tell you that I'm like a fan of Wordle, but I did do it. And I was proud of myself, but I'm thinking Moist killed it for me. Okay. So I'm glad you're sitting down. And to the listeners out there, I know Dr. Rogue is sitting down because we are on Zoom as we are every Wednesday. But I love when I can't make this shit up. Dr. Boca, I love that you're sitting down because, first of all, I just want to say, I'm really not offended by the word moist. I happen to actually like it. Yeah, I'm not offended at all. I knew you were going to say the word moist because I've been playing Wordle as well, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm having so much fun with it. My sleep has been a little off. So at two o'clock in the morning, I've done it. And then when I kind of go back to sleep and start the day like all the other regular human beings, I forgot that I now have to wait until the next Wordle comes out. But that's not what I'm happy you're sitting down about. If you were offended (laughs) by the word moist, then you're going to be doubly offended by the fact that there is a whole nother category of Wordles out there, okay, that I'd like to bring to your attention. One of which is called Loodle, okay? Loodle? L-E-W-D-L-E, which is a kissing cousin to Wordle. And all of the words are lewd, like urban dictionary, grunge, sexual, X-rated words, which, I mean, hello, I'm polished. It's right up my alley. Right. And I'm not offended by that at all. Like that, I'm like, oh, Loodle, I wrote it down. Like, I'm going to check that one out because I might be more in sync with Loodle than Noodle or the Woodle or the Wordle or whatever the hell it's called. It's just that one word. I I don't don't know. know. I mean, I guess we could debate the merits on the pros and cons of the word moist, but I'm really not offended. So anyway, check out Loodle then because the funny thing about it, and it is so unpolished, is that when you get the word, the people of Loodle, they actually kind of like shame you a little bit. Like you may not want to tell anyone you got the word, which is so funny because some of the words I've gotten, I'm like, oh my God, I got that in three tries or (laughs) I got that in four tries, but I'm having fun with it. It really is just such an unpolished pastime. So check it out. But I'm glad you're sitting down even more because there's another one-off of Wordle, which you will definitely get a kick out of. That's called, are you ready? Drum roll. Yes, drum roll. Judel. Oh, really? J-E-W-D-L-E. Wow. Judel is Jewish, Yiddish. It even could be some Arabic or Middle Eastern words. I tried it once. I think I got the word. I mean, maybe they start out the newbies slow, but it's hard. And I don't know that I have enough time to to do judel also because I only like to do stuff I'm good at. Right. Of course. Don't we all? But what's so interesting is I would probably struggle with judel because how do you the sound? Like, how do you spell that? Right? Like, I wouldn't even know. The spelling would cause me a little bit of problems because I don't know how to spell Yiddish. And I don't know how to spell in the transliteration. So I may, I'll check out. Well, you'll check it out. But I think I'm going to like Loodle better if I know my personality. And then if you didn't have too much time on your hands or not enough time on your hands or no time at all on your hands, there's one more. This one I tried once and I had a splitting headache and I'm not going back to it. But that one is called noodle. (laughs) I don't even remember the spelling of it because I had such a migraine headache from it. But that's a numbers wordle. So it's all different numbers in patterns and it's like multiplication, division. Nope, you lost me. 
you know, subtraction, addition, and then you have to fit. And like, we're talking major math here. That's like and for the listeners, I, well, I'm just going to tell you for the listeners out there, one of the reasons that I went into like a whole state of panic and I was dripping sweat over it is because we have a childhood family memory in the silver world where when I was a kid <laughs> growing up, we would sit at the dinner table and we would do like questions and answers. And my dad would ask us, a lot of it was like math. And my brother would like get it, Johnny on the spot right off the bat. And I don't know, maybe then he was excused to like leave the table and go upstairs and brush his teeth. I don't know. I'm kind of making up that part. But the joke of the family is that I would sit there and it would be like basic math. I was like a little kid, you know, like if Johnny had three apples, but then Sally came along and took away an apple, how many apples are left? You know, I was a little kid and I guess I was nervous under pressure. And the line in the the family was, can I have a piece of paper and a pencil? I couldn't do it in In my head, head, right? And so that was like, you know, as the kids say these days, it was a trigger for me when I started playing noodle Mm -hmm. because if I had a piece of paper and a pencil, maybe I could sit and play around with some of the, you know, it's sort of like, I guess, like statistics. Like how many different ways can you figure out what the potential answer could be? Forget that. Who can do that in their own? So my friends who even told me about Noodle, I said, you know what? I love winning, but part of being a good winner is knowing when you need to bow out. Sure, absolutely. And I was like, I'm going to take the capital L for loss on this and walk away gracefully. I don't want to do this. So, I'm not going to be able to get it right. And I'm going to be so unpolished here. But when I'm listening to this, I'm like, nerdle, right? Like, there's no way I could do all that math. No. I'll noodle. I think it's called... N- right. And noodle. I'm saying nerdle because I oh. can't do the math stuff, right? I'm like, oh. that would be like a math nerd who could do that. I told you, I'm being unpolished here. I'll stick with my loodle very happily. Okay. Um, maybe I'll do wordle again if I could get past that little rupture that we had. We're no longer really good friends. And judle, I'll look at, but I can tell you right now, I won't be able to spell the words. But thank you for doing all the research for me as if I didn't have enough stuff to keep my day fully scheduled so that I could always get shit done. You just added so much to my plate. So thanks, Rach, as usual. Well, you're welcome. And you know, I think on some level, both of us are similar in the sense that we both are plan aheaders, right? Like we plan ahead and we're structured and organized. And, you know, I know probably like where I'm having the dinner for my kids' graduation, which is literally like two and a half years away, (laughs) right? right? I know that when my kid goes to camp in six months from now, I'm already planning ahead. Like I have to pull up the flights and I need to book my hotel for visiting day. And I'm a planner aheader. Even even things like you and I, when we schedule out, you know, the work that we do together or regular work in general, Mm -hmm. we're organized planners. And that's kind of always how I've identified with myself on how to get stuff done. The interesting thing is, is that again, here we go with like that off tilt of not having balance. If I'm not planning ahead, Mm -hmm. okay, you want to know what I'm doing? Sure. I am completely procrastinating. Uh Okay. Now, I thought I was a planner aheader, but there are scenarios where I am just a complete procrastinator, right? Like, not major things, but enough of the little things that I kind of feel like we need to break it down today. For instance, if I go away on a vacation, Uh okay, which I'm putting it out there to the universe. Universe, I need a vacation. (laughs) So I'm going to try to make that happen. Can Dr. Booker come? Yeah, sure. There you go. 
I will plan ahead Mm-hmm. The likes of which, like, I'll be in yoga, and instead of focusing on the here and the now and holding the pose, I'm like, am I going to take three pairs of jeans on the trip <laughs> that I'm going on, or how many shirts are going to go with that? And I'm literally planning ahead sure. on what I'm packing. Okay, mm-hmm. and I am planning ahead on the packing, even with the actual packing. I will okay. start packing several days, getting organized yep. and planning ahead. Mm-hmm. However, when that same trip is over. Okay, no exaggeration. That suitcase will stay in the same spot for not hours, not days, but we're pushing a week and a half, two weeks, maybe even three, depending on where I've been weather-wise, if there's shit in that suitcase that I don't really need here. That's procrastination to just open it up and put it away. Or one could argue that you're a planner ahead or and just go for the next trip. For the next trip. (laughs) (laughs) Wishful thinking, wishful thinking. Okay, so fine. So you've sort of diffused that procrastination. But how about this one, Dr. Boca? Again, I am being vulnerable here to share some of my things that I'm not 100% proud of Mm -hmm. as a planner ahead or, but a procrastinator. How many times has anyone out there? So you load the dishwasher. Oh God! You, you, oh, you oh, you God. know where I'm going. I'm right? going right there with you. <laughs> okay. So you load the dishwasher. Now you're gonna flip the thing. You're gonna put the soap in. Now whatever. So now fabulous. There's no dishes in the sink, and now oh. your dishes are miraculously <laughs> gonna be cleaned by this machine in your kitchen. Except for the fact <laughs> that a day or two has gone by, and there are dishes now in the <laughs> sink. So. What do you do? Well, the polished people, I guess, the planner or headers probably wouldn't even be in this predicament because the second that the ding goes off on the dishwasher, they're unloading it, putting the clean dishes away, and then starting from scratch. Moi over here, unpolished. And I can see by your face, I love it. I'm in good company. I'm dying here, What I do is I like look over my shoulder to make sure no one's looking because I am the laziest piece of shit, right? I open it up. I pretend that I forgot that everything's (laughs) clean. clean. I shove in the dirty shit and I do it all over again. And I do it with my laundry. I do it right I am dying here. Like it is like you have a camera in my house. I am dying. And if there's like one dish and it doesn't fit, okay, I'll wash that one and stick it on the side, right? But everything else, oh my God. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, I have to unload the dishwasher when I'm done with this because it's been sitting there for three days and my sink is built up and chances are I'm not going to empty it and I'm just going to shove everything in. So there's my true confession. So here's my true confession. This is like truth serum, like oozing out right now. I am so bad with the dishwasher that when my kids, you know, with our schedule and whatnot, that Mm -hmm. they're here some days and then they're at their dad some days. When they leave, let's say, and they're going to be at their dad's for two days or whatever, I'll clean up. I mean, you know, I I got that under my belt, right? And I'll load the dishwasher. I'll soap it all up. I'll get it going. And then I'll say to myself, self, okay, well, you're cool now. Like, it's just you. So you have the two days, like, just make sure it's emptied before they come back, right? I cannot tell you how many times they come back. The dishes are in the dishwasher clean, not undone. Now, now you could say like, okay, well, that's the perfect activity for your kids to do. They that's should be, exactly you know, those are some say. of the chores. But I am so embarrassed mm-hmm. that 
I do what we just said. I start loading up all the other shit when they come. I mean, they're in the house for four minutes and there's already 17 cups everywhere and all that. So that's something I feel like I procrastinate on. The laundry, I'm with you on that too. I mean, how many times have you (laughs) rewashed something because it's been sitting there for three days? Guilty, guilty, (laughs) guilty. The other thing, and this is bad, I'm going to get clobbered for this one. I'm not even adulting (laughs) by this one, okay? And I I almost hesitate saying it, but we're unpolished and we're sharing and we're just being honest, right? Oh God, I'm taking a breath because I so badly want you to agree with me on this one. Oh no. Okay, I hope I do, but can't promise. Okay, ready? It's bad. If you're an adult and you're responsible and you're running a household and like you're an adult, this is not something you should procrastinate on. But I've been doing it for years and I'm embarrassed. But if I say it out loud, maybe now I really have to change. Okay. See, I'm procrastinating telling (laughs) you what it it is because it's not something that's... I'm not putting this on my resume. So I procrastinate going to the mailbox and getting the mail. Absolutely. It's an every two or three day mission for me. But okay, so I already feel better. Thank you. I feel like you've definitely taken a load off my shoulders because I feel like that's a real shitty one. Uh-huh. But why though? Nothing good is in it ever. I, it's only well, bills and like crap. That, that's one of the reasons why I procrastinate because it's like, oh, who do I owe something sure. else to? Right. But I'm going to bump it up on the unpolished scale one Richter. Okay? okay. And that is when I finally muster up the polishness to go get my mail. I'll open up the thing and I'll peruse through <laughs> I it. That and then I leave it in there. <laughs> and then I'll leave. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's just, you know, like the, the, the daily mailer of like, like the coupons I'm never, <laughs> I'll put it back. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll revisit this in another three days. Totally. I totally do that all the time. And in my situation, my husband will go get it. Right. So I know that I don't even have to walk back there in two or three days time because at some point he's going to go get it. But I am telling you, I do the exact same thing. And every like fifth time I do it, then I'll empty the whole thing out because I have to make sure that there's room for the packages that the mail person needs to put in there just in case it didn't come from Amazon or FedEx or something like that. So I totally, totally, I mean, I love you for putting it out there, but I am just as unpolished and will say all of the same things. But what I want to add to that is, Every single thing that you said you procrastinate on, there's two things going on here. One, you can procrastinate on some things like Wordle and Joodle and all of those things because you have planned out the big significant things, okay? So that you have room and you know you have room. But the more important fact here is if we look at the things that you're procrastinating on, it's all things you don't enjoy doing. And so that's what we tend to see happen is we procrastinate on the shit that is not important to us, that we don't enjoy, that is awful and boring. It's like paying the bills, right? It's like, ugh, but we know we're going to get, there's a consequence to that one. The worst consequence to emptying the dishwasher is that you have dirty dishes or that you're going to put other shit in and at some point you're going to have to empty it because there's no more room in it. For people who tend to be rule abiding for the most part, even though unpolished, but rule abiding and organized and know they have to pay stuff and know they have to plan stuff and know they have to get their kids on top of this and doctor's appointments and shit like that, there isn't a lot of room to rebel. There just isn't. So these are the types of things that really have no negative consequence. If we're the only people that are affected if the dishes aren't clean. 
we have our kids empty it. Or I mean, that sounds so bad, but we're putting it under the modifier that this is a life lesson for them and a chore and they need to do it. Or we don't get the mail for three days. Who the fuck cares? It's funny because my head is spinning a little bit. And I first want to just take a moment that when my head starts to spin and then I know that you have your doctor hat on, I want to remind the listeners that we want to protect Dr. Boca's license. And this isn't real therapy. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer time. Dr. Boca and I, we've just ditched the couch. We've grabbed the mics. We're breaking down the wreckage today. That is, are you a planner, a header, or a procrastinator? And Dr. Boca, these are opinions and ideas, and we're having some fun here. If you have any real issues that you need real therapy over, or you're having any kind of mental health crisis, either reach out to her privately through our other channels or contact your healthcare provider, because we're just having some unpolished fun here today on the podcast. That being said, though, I am going to now pick your brain a little bit because... When you say that there aren't any consequences, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, the consequence of procrastinating the things that I don't want to do, albeit laundry isn't the end of the world, emptying the dishwasher isn't the end of the world, unpacking the suitcase isn't the end of the world. What it does do, though, for someone who I think innately is much more of a planner, a header Mm -hmm. than a procrastinator, is that it does create some stress. And anxiety over knowing as mundane as it may be, all right, the laundry, big fucking deal. If you don't do this load right now, there's 16 more (laughs) behind it that you're going to have to do at some point. So from the therapeutic standpoint, I ask you, why do we do it to ourselves then? Like if it's going to create some stress, like, oh, the dishwasher or there's the laundry that I should have flipped, but I didn't. And now, you know, three days have gone by. What is it about our psyche that we are sabotaging our own self? Like just fucking empty the dishwasher and then you won't be stressed about it. Right. But some people, not consciously, but they enjoy having stress in their life. It's like their propeller. It's what moves them to do all the other stuff and be on top of all the other stuff. You get stressed out about it. I have no stress about the fact that my dishwasher is full. The only thing I stress about is that somebody's going to comment on it at some point, right? But in terms of looking at it, I'm like, okay, we have paper plates. I'm going to ruin the environment, but we've got a whole stack of paper plates and we will use them. And I'm not the type of person that thrives on that anxiety. Right. I do know though, if I said to you, Rachel, what would your life look like if you had no anxiety? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Really? You are going to challenge me to say that if I didn't have any anxiety that I'd be thrilled with that. You're going to box me into the category of (laughs) me thriving on anxiety, Dr. Boca? I'm going to say that sometimes anxiety serves a function. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not saying that you thrive on anxiety, but sometimes when patients come in that have anxiety and they keep doing the same thing over and over, knowing that that's going to cause more stress, one has to look at what function is it serving them. Well, I don't know. I guess one being me would have to take a deeper dive and analyze that with myself because now I'm kind of veering from, forget the household chores that everyone thinks is the biggest pain in the ass. And the fact that you were willing to admit that you too procrastinate on that tells me that, of course, you and I can't be the only two people that procrastinate. So let's just say that that's a little bit more universal Universal. than I had thought. But now I'm going to shift over even in my work environment. My manager sometimes will say to me, 
silver. You're such a closer. You're the bottom of the ninth inning closer, you know, whatever those expressions may be, that I get it done or like I'm clutch, I think he says a lot. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't mean to procrastinate hitting my numbers or making my goals, but somehow quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter, I am literally in the bottom of the ninth inning, right? Bases are loaded and we're down by four, you know, whatever it is. And somehow I have all this pressure on me to make sure I'm hitting a home run. And do I get it done? Yes. But the amount of pressure and stress that I put on myself, if I had just planned ahead Mm -hmm. throughout the quarter a little bit better, I probably wouldn't be in this pinch situation. And yeah, is there a little bit of an adrenaline rush that I get it done? Yeah. But I am here to tell you and to now say it out loud. Sometimes I feel like now, you know, you hold me to task. It doesn't feel good. And I do want to try to make those changes. So that's where I'm asking you to help me. And then the listeners, if they fall into this category too, some of it, that stress is, it's real and it's too much. Okay. So let me ask you, nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, you succeed under that pressure. You clutch, right? Whatever the, the I'm not a sports person, but you you know, you close the deals and you get it done. So there's really no consequence other than the stress that you have. But on that one time that you wouldn't clutch or close the deal, you can then blame it on the fact that you couldn't get it done for whatever reason. Like, you know, I was too busy. I was da 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 and have an excuse to get yourself out of it. If you had planned and the plan fell through, I have a feeling that that would be more shameful to you and generate more feelings of self-blame and self-whatever because you fell short with all the ideal oh, scenario. With the organization, exactly. the planning ahead, the regimen, the routine. Exactly, exactly. Right, right, and right. so we look back at how we're raised and we oftentimes look for an excuse sometimes just in case. Or we make sure that the situation isn't ideal if we're supposed to be like the perfect person to our children so that we can then say, well, I wasn't feeling well that day and I ran out of time and next month I'll get it because I always get it. Like we have that little wiggle room, whereas if we plan and we do, like I could never be a clutch, like ever, ever. The amount of stress that that puts on me, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess you might as much, and I don't know if this is one of the areas that you are not a planner and you're a procrastinator in, but for me, I never pulled an all-nighter in college. I couldn't have done it. That Mm -hmm. would have stressed me out to the point of literally decompensating. So Mm -hmm. instead, I started my paper the day it was assigned and I would do as much as I could. And then I edited it over the next couple of days. And then I proofread it and da-da-da-da-da. So the night or two before, I was going out partying and doing whatever with no stress on me because I don't feed off of anxiety and I'm not looking for the... I was never looking for an out. I just had to get it done for me. Now, you may or may not make school a part of you, but for work, it's very easy at this point in our lives to say we're juggling 800 balls. We couldn't plan this all out. There's also something, though, to be said. The flip side is when you're trying to be a clutch, it is way more exciting to do it under the worst circumstances. It is. You feel more successful in it. Even though it causes anxiety, even though it causes stress, A, it gives us something to complain about if that's what we do. But B, we succeeded under the worst of conditions. 
I prove people wrong under the worst of conditions. So it can go both ways. And I'm not sitting here analyzing you, but there's a gamut to it that it's serving a function for you. I guess I'm going to try to change that function because I do think there's something more to be said, at least in my case, with these little changes I'm trying to make as I get older and hope, you know, a little bit wiser is there's, for me, calmness in the discipline. And when I hear plan a little bit out as you go and structure and all that, that even as I say it, I feel like my voice is calmer Mm -hmm. than that last minute. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'm in such a state of unpolishedness because I'm literally climbing out of the trench to try to finish the task at hand. And it really doesn't feel that good. And let me tell you something. If the reward is the same at the end, like the pot of gold at the end of the quarter, why not get the pot of gold consistently throughout the weeks than worrying about, am I even going to get it at all if I wait till the last minute? And let me just say, I hope that it doesn't come off as lazy. Do you feel that someone is a procrastinator? It means that they're lazy? Or do you feel as though it is sort of where they're deriving their energy or the the adrenaline rush from? It's a lot of things. I mean, look, there is a component on the Myers-Briggs. We we alluded to the Myers-Briggs a little bit when we talked about introvert and extrovert, right? There is a measure on the Myers-Briggs, which is judging and perceiving. And it's not judgmental. It's how we perceive closure right? Mm. And so people who tend to be more J on the Myers-Briggs, more judging, doesn't mean they're judgmental. I want to put that out there to our listeners. It's not mean you're judgmental. It means that you start a task and you complete the task, or you start a task and you maybe have two open tabs on your computer and you get everything done. I used to be very J, very J when I was in college and in graduate school, because the anxiety of having things hanging over my head was debilitating to me. Like I didn't want that. I would do anything not to have it. So I would have a tab, close a tab. I would do this. I would get it done. I have my to-do list. I would knock it off, never to carry it over to the next day. However, there is a reality that as you get older, we see a gravitation a little bit more towards your P. Okay. Remember we talked about preferences that we can work in our P world, even though our preference might be to be J, but we do slide a little bit over to the P, which is perceiving. When you look at it as how you perceive closure, you're more apt to be comfortable not getting things done because the reality of your life as such with being a parent and being a full-time working mom and being a gopher schlepper and doing all of these things and doing a podcast, you don't have the time to do everything, right? So we have to be a little bit more lenient and fluid with balls in the air. Right, with all the balls in the air. And even if you are a planner, sometimes you just can't fit something in. So I see that just more of what you're not used to, which is like you're living in the more P side of the Myers-Briggs, even though you would enjoy, you think, being a little bit more J and it's going to require you to make that a priority your world is going to start to pull you back onto the peace side a little bit just because of all the balls and the limitations in your schedule. So I don't see it as laziness at all. I see it as a matter of when it's something that you enjoy doing, you're going to get it done. And if it's something you don't enjoy doing, that's where it's going to fluctuate. And that's the stone that you can move. You can't move the stone of getting your kid to the doctor. Your trip is set in stone. You know, your car service, you know, to get your car service, that's going to be set in stone because that takes time out of your day that you have to factor. Making a phone call 
and doing your job is a little bit more fluid because you have the entire month or the entire quarter, however your job is uh, structured, to get it done so that pebble can move or that stone Mm. can move a little bit. Mm. And sometimes move it all the way to the end just because it's just easier to move it to the end because it's moving every day. Now, interestingly to our listeners, those of you who have been following the podcast for the last year know that Rachel uses a paper and pencil calendar, right? (laughs) So to me, it's like shit set in stone, girl. Like you can't move that shit. Apparently she does it in pencil so she can erase it. But when it's set in stone, she uses pen, right? Not like, only pen, excuse marker, me, a sharpie, sorry. a sharpie marker. Sorry. So you'll be damned if we have to rearrange once right. it's in the sharpie. Okay, I get. I bet you work is not in the sharpie. Okay? Well, work isn't even on the calendar because right. work is just part of my world every single day. Right, but that means it's so habitual and so frequent that it's a stone that can be moved. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. especially in your line of work, it's not a nine to five necessarily job, right? I only have X amount of hours to move people to. I can't, two o'clock in the morning, I can't be seeing patients, right? Right. So I have some confinement. So this brings up a whole nother topic and we don't have to talk about it today. But when we have boundaries, we sometimes function better with inset boundaries than when we are loosey-goosey. So to the parents who have those teenagers that are like acting out, think about that. If you give them free reign and you give them access to things, we're going to tend to see a little bit more procrastination, a little bit more dangerous and reckless behavior that we want to put some boundaries around it to limit the possibilities of those happening. Same here. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we have a lot to mull over and think about. And I think it's probably the right time to throw it to the listeners and let them ponder and parse out how they feel. Are they a planner? Are they a procrastinator? Where do you guys fall in on this? And let us know. We always want to hear from you folks because, again, that's how we figure out the stuff that we want to talk about based on what's important to you and what's going on in your world. So definitely hit us up and let us know. Are you a planner, a header? Are you a procrastinator? Are you a little bit of both? I, that was the last thing I wanted to add. Rachel, you tend to go to extremes, right? So some things are going to be planner headers and then some things are going to be I'm totally procrastinating to the last second, right? There's going to be some things, those stones that are going to be planned and then they're going to be those that are not going to be planned. And just to go back to introvert, extrovert, you know, there's a, you know, a marriage between the two. When you have a planner and a non-planner in a relationship, just be careful because the non-planner can be very irritating to the planner because that person needs to know and needs to have answers and needs to know how to pack for the trip that's in three months. And the other one is still hasn't even bought the tickets yet, right? Mm -hmm. So just Mm -hmm. understand how different people work in those relationships and that just because you're a planner for one thing doesn't mean you're going to be a planner for everything and vice versa. Interesting. And we can probably dive into that in a whole new podcast. Sure. Because there's so many layers to this. And mm-hmm. I guess, too, it is a great topic in relationships. If you're a planner and the other person's a procrastinator, if one person respects time and the other person Absolutely. doesn't, if one person is an introvert and the other is an extrovert, what are those dynamics like? And let's leave the listeners with that. We'll come back and circle around on a later podcast to break that down a little bit more. But for now, I don't want to procrastinate on reminding our listeners out there that you can reach us 
If you'd like to plan ahead and let us know about topics that are something that's kind of important to you or you have questions or concerns and you want us to kind of break that down on another podcast of Dr. Boca and myself. So you know how to reach us. You can always find us on Instagram and Facebook on the socials at Unpolished Therapy. You can email us at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. And we've been procrastinating checking Twitter. Yes, we have. That's for sure. So maybe this time, if you want to plan ahead and tweet us at Untherapy, we will try to come to the middle of procrastination and planning ahead. And we'll check out your tweets and we'll get back to you there. But other than that, for now, I think this has been a great sesh. Dr. Boca, I love chatting with you. And it's fun to kind of laugh and giggle, but really get some good, fun, unpolished therapy about things that... that do affect us in a day-to-day. And my issues with procrastinating and planning a heading was where we went today. So I thank you for that. Thank you. And I wish you a great week. And to the listeners out there, have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Have a great week. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, review, comment, share, all that fun stuff so that we can keep bringing you more on Polish Therapy Podcasts every Wednesday. Have a great week, everyone. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>